All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter number 23. Luke chapter number 23. Once you find your place in the Word of God, we'll read this passage of Scripture and have prayer and then bring the message that God has laid upon our heart. Luke chapter number 23, and we'll begin reading in verse number 39. The Bible says, And one of the male factors which hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for allowing us to come into your presence once again this morning. Lord, we ask now that you'll touch our hearts, give us exactly what we stand in need of. I pray most of all that you'll speak to those that will be listening. And may the will of God be done. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. I preached last Sunday out of this same passage of Scripture on the theology of a thief. When I preached last Sunday about that thief that believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved, I had no idea the Holy Spirit would speak to my heart about preaching on this other thief. And this morning I want to take some time and just look at this second thief here uh, that we see on the cross uh, on that hillside that day. I want us to think about this thief and I want to preach on the subject this morning on going to hell from Calvary. Going to hell from Calvary. You know I'm amazed at how God can tell us so much about one person and just and one individual in just one verse of scripture. Look at verse number 39. The Bible says, and one of the male factors which ha- were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Now when you think about this man, there's several things in verse 39 that I want you to notice about him. First of all, I want you to notice this man's misery as the Bible said that he was hanging. Uh, the Bible said and one of the male factors which were hanged railed upon him. You notice this man is hanging on a cross and so it's very clear to see that he's in misery, that he's in pain, that he's in agony. And so we notice this man's misery. And then secondly, I want you to see, I want you to notice this man's mocking. As the Bible said that he railed on him. He railed on the Son of God. He, he cursed the Son of God. And when you think about this man, not only his misery, but his mocking. And that's amazing in the fact that here's a man that's dying. Here's a man that's drawing his last breath. And his last breaths were, were cursing and, and, and mocking and making fun of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I cannot understand how that someone can go to hell cursing God. But here's an illustration of a man that truly went to hell cursing God. So we notice this man's misery. We notice his mocking. And I want you to notice his mindset. He makes this phrase here, if thou be the Christ. Now I mentioned this in the sermon last week when we talked about the believing thief, how that this man here uh, was the bitter cross, the man of no fear, no faith, and no future. But in this text, we see his mindset. You say, preacher, what is his mindset? His mindset is that he has no faith. He is an unbeliever. Even at Calvary, he even hanging on the cross next to the Son of God, he's as close to salvation as a man could ever get, but yet he does not believe. 
We oftentimes talk about Judas, how that he kissed the door of heaven and he went to hell. I would say the same about this man. He stood at the door of heaven and he still went to hell. So we notice his mindset. We notice his mocking. We notice his misery. And this even proves this, that whenever someone has made their mind up that they're not going to believe in Jesus Christ, friend, you can put them on a cross next to the dying Savior himself and they will still not believe and go to hell. And so we see here his mindset. Then we see his motive. Notice what he said. He said, if thou be the Christ, save thyself, and notice this, and us. Friend, I don't think for a moment he was interested in Jesus getting saved on Calvary that day. He was just looking for a miracle in a matter of a moment. He was wanting to use Christ as a spare tire. I want to tell you, God will not be your spare tire. He'll not save you on those terms. He didn't save this man. This man wanted a physical saving. And so to to try to use Jesus Christ for, for your own earthly gain and earthly good will not work. And so we see his motive. But there's four things we should remember concerning him and that we concerning him in this world should I say we should remember how this man lived in this world the Bible tells us that he was a thief and so when you think about that that means that this man lived his life by tricking others by taking from others and and by thieving from others that he was a thief that's how he lived in this world not only should we remember how he lived in this world but we all remember how he looked at this world when you think about this man in verse 39 he looked at this world without justice you remember the other thief in verse number uh, verse number 40 he rebukes him and he says dost not thou fear God seeing that thou are in the same condemnation. This other thief that got saved, he realized, as I mentioned last week, that he was dying and he was deserving of what he got, that he deserved to die. This man did not believe in justice. He, he looked at this world without justice. He, he wanted to be saved from the cross even though he deserved that cross. Then he looked at this world without joy. When you look at this man, there's no joy on him. There's no happiness, there's no peace, there's no contentment. He's not satisfied even in his moments of death. There's no humility about him. Here's a man that that he looks at this world without justice. He looks at this world without joy, and this is really tragic. He looks at this world without Jesus. Hanging on the cross, he looks at this world so close to Jesus, but yet so far away. He looks at this world without Jesus Christ. We think about how he lived in this world. We think about how this man looked at this world. And then we think about what he lost in this world. You know, this thief, he lost a lot of things at Calvary that day. He lost the comforts of life. Here he is hanging on the cross. Thieving has got him nowhere. He doesn't have any comfort. He lost the comforts of life. He lost the contact with his loved ones as he dies and goes out into eternity. He never sees his loved ones again. You may be listening and say, well, I have a family member that went to hell and I I want to see them again. I want to tell you, friend, hell's a place of outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And if you die without Jesus Christ and you go to hell, you'll never see your loved ones again. This man... I think about what he lost in this world. He lost the comforts of life. He lost, the con- he lost contact with his loved ones. And then he lost a chance to live. You know, I can't help but think that because he was a thief, he died before his time. 
Had he not been a thief, had he got saved before now, he could have died a, a, a martyr's death or something like that. I understand there was persecution uh, during those times, but, but I think this man could have lived longer had he given his life to Jesus Christ. The Bible said in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 27 that the fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. And certainly the years of this wicked man was shortened. I think about not only he lost the chance to live in this life, but he's lost the chance to live in the next life. Oh, hear me, sinner, if you're lost without God, you ought to get saved this afternoon or this, this morning. You ought to get on your knees. You ought to, you ought to trust Christ. You ought to realize that, that, listen, your real chance to live, and I'm not talking about a physical life, but I'm talking about abundant life. I'm talking about spiritual life. Listen, how this man uh, looked at this world, how this man lived in this world, and then what this man lost in this world. And then I think about how this man left this world. Think about that. How did he leave this world? I want to say he left this world without riches. All he ever tried to do was get ahead in life. He stole, he, he, he took what wasn't his and tried to get ahead, tried to get rich, tried to get one up in life, but yet he lost the riches of this world. You know, the Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. The emphasis in that text is not on money, but it's on the love of that money. And can I tell you, you don't have to have a lot of money to love it. There are those that love riches that never obtained them, just like this man. He loved the wealth of this world, the riches of this world, the material things of this world. He sought after it, even to the point he was willing to take that what didn't belong to him. But as we see here, how he left this world, he left it without riches. He left it without remorse. It's amazing in verse 39 that this man has no remorse for his actions. Not one time do you hear him cry out and say, I'm guilty as charged. You never hear him say that I deserve to die. You never hear him look at Jesus and say, forgive me. This was a man that he left this world without riches. He left this world without remorse. I, I've seen people die without God, lost and, and go to hell. Even in their final hours, there's no remorse over the way that they live. They always justify their deeds and their actions. And here's a man that even in his moment, uh, in his dying hour, he does not have any remorse for the things that he, have, he has done in his life. He left this world without riches, without remorse. And then I want to say, he left this world without a refuge. This man left this world, went out into eternity and faced God in judgment without any refuge at all. I want to tell you, I, I don't look forward to, to facing God in judgment. I don't think any of us do, but I'm glad I can say I know the judge. I'm glad I can say the blood has been applied, that have been saved by the grace of God, and that I know that... I've been born again. This man was unprepared. And the truth and the tragedy of our text is that he went to hell from the worst place possible. When you consider this man, how he lived in this world and how he looked at this world and, and you consider what he lost in this world and how he left this world, oh, that's the tragedy is that this man, he went to hell from the, the worst place possible. And that's Calvary. I'm preaching on going to hell from Calvary. I want you to think about that for a few moments this morning. Going to hell from Calvary this morning. Here's a man that he goes to hell from the hillside, the old rugged cross that we sing about. He went to hell from the very hillside that God had formed and built uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ to purchase while Jesus is suffering and dying for the sins of all humanity, his sins and my sins and your sins. He goes to hell from, from such a place, going to hell from Calvary. 
I want to say this morning as we think about this, there's some things in these verses that I want you to think about. First of all, I want you to think about what he shared. Look at verse 32. The Bible says in verse 32, And there went also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. Well, listen, when you think about this man, what he shared, he shared, uh, he died in the same place with Christ. He, he died at Calvary. He shared that same place and he died by the same punishment as Jesus Christ, the cross. He, I mean, to this very same place, carrying this very same thing that Jesus carried. He died in the same place. He died by the same punishment. He died in the same position as Christ. He, he was hanging on that cross. I mean, this man mirrored Calvary. Calvary in several ways. Uh, he died at Calvary. He died on a cross. He died hanging on that cross just like Jesus Christ did. But now you think about what he shared, but yet he still went to hell. I think about people that have been in church and young people and and other people that have grown up in church and they've told it the King James Bible and they've sat on church pews and, and they've sat under preaching and they, they've heard the songs. They've even sung the songs and, and they've sung in the choir and they've went to Sunday school and oh, they've been surrounded by the very things that, that could reach out and could help them and aid them, but yet they reject them like this man and they go to hell. They go to hell without God. This man, I think about what he shared. Hear me, sinner. If you're out there today and you're not saved, you need to accept Christ this morning. You need to come to Jesus Christ. You, you need to count yourself blessed to have heard the gospel. I think about what this man shared. Secondly, I think about where he stood. Notice verse number 32. Verse number 33. The Bible said, then said, uh, verse 33, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, the one on the right hand and the other on the left hand. We think about what he shared. We think about where he stood. Where did this man stand? The Bible said in verse 33 that when they were come to the place which is called Calvary. You know, I've never been to that place physically. I've been there spiritually. I've never been to Jerusalem, never been to to Calvary. I've seen pictures of it. I had friends that have made trips there. They have, they have been there. They have seen that very place. And oh, I long to see that place. I, I would love to see where Calvary is. I'd love to stand at the foot of that, that hill and see where Jesus uh, paid for our sins. And, and I know that the ground itself uh, does not save us, but it has great significance to we that are saved because we, we know what took place there and how real it is to us that are saved. And this man, he literally stood in that place. He, he stood where Christ stood. And I think about he stood at the cross. And, and this man, we can say that he stood by the cross of Jesus. And he stood before the cross. And here's a man that, that stood under the cross. It's clear from verse 33 that Christ was crucified first. That as the Word of God said, that they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left hand. And so this man, he stood at the cross. He stood by the cross. He stood before the cross. He stood underneath the cross and he even stood with a cross. And, but the problem is he never knelt at the cross. Do you know a cross in your pocket, a cross around your neck, a cross in your ear will not save you. This man held to a cross as they nailed Jesus on a cross. He watched Jesus Christ be suspended between heaven and hell that day. Here's a man that stood in the very place that Christ stood. 
And he went to hell from it. He went to hell from Calvary. I think about what he shared. I think about where this man stood. And then I want you to see this. I think about what he saw. Look at verse number 33 again. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, notice this, there they crucified him. This man saw Jesus Christ get crucified. Can you imagine that? He saw him with his own eyes. He he saw a bruised Christ as Jesus willingly laid down on that cross. And that Roman soldier took that hammer and took those nails and those spikes and drove it in his hands and drove it in his feet. Jesus Jesus laying there willingly giving his life. The very Son of God, the the blessed and the beloved, the only begotten Son of God as as he laid upon that cross and stretched his arms out there. And this man saw a bruised Christ. He he saw a bleeding Christ. Think about this. This man saw the very blood that that could save him. He saw the very blood, God's blood from his Son. He saw the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ as it poured out of his son that day. Well, he got a front row seat of Christ as he was being bruised, as he was bleeding. He saw the fountain. He saw the fountain, but he never drank from that fountain. Went to hell from Calvary. He stood there that day. He saw a bruised Christ. He saw a bleeding Christ. He saw a beseeching Christ. Look at verse number 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This man heard these words. He saw Christ cry out to his Father. He heard the seven sayings of the cross. He heard Jesus cry out and most of those sayings, should I say, and he heard him say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Here's a man that heard the Son of God pray for the forgiveness of men. He saw a beseeching Christ. He, He saw a beholding crowd. As the Bible said in verse 35, and the people stood beholding. This man watched them as they watched Christ. I think about what he saw. In verse 42 and verse 43, he saw a believer converted as the Bible. We preached about it last week that the Word of God said in verse number 42, talking about that other thief that he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Oh, how close he was. He saw that man get converted. He himself could have been converted. He could have got born again. He could have done exactly what this man. He saw Jesus deliver a man. He saw a believer uh, be converted or a sinner get converted. And so that man saw enough that would save any sinner from hell. He knew that there was hope and and he just refused it. He allowed his, his, his rebellion and his pride to stand between him and eternity and salvation. Oh, hear me, friend. If you're lost without God, You need to come to Jesus Christ today. Junk your pride, junk your religion and turn to Christ and accept Him. I beg you, don't go to hell. This man went to hell from Calvary. If you can go to hell from Calvary, if you can go to hell just a few feet from the very cross and the very Christ uh, that could save your soul, then I want to tell you, friend, you can go to hell from anywhere. Amen. I think about what he saw, where he stood, what he shared. And then I want you to notice this. I think about what he said. I want to take you back to verse 39. Even what this man said is unbelievable. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Isn't that something? Here's a man going to hell from Calvary. You think about it. 
I think about what he said. I think about what he said that it was that he he just said it so casually. I mean, not thinking about if you this man could go to hell and then come back if if he could go back and get back on that cross and re, somehow rewind time and and have foreknowledge of uh, of where he'd been and what he'd went through he wouldn't say that as casually I want to tell you friend you're here today and you're lost without God you may take life casual you may take the sermon casually you may take the the, the, the opportunities to accept Christ casually but one day if you slip out into eternity and you go to hell you're going to remember every opportunity opportunity you had. You're going to remember every chance you had to get born again. Every time the Holy Spirit dealt with your heart. When I look at this man, he's going to hell from Calvary. When I think about what he said, it's, it's unbelievable. He said it casually. Then he said it critically. This man, if thou be the Christ. Oh, you can hear the sarcasm in his statement. You can hear that he's critical. He doesn't believe Jesus is who he said he was. And oh, today people are so critical. I, I see that he said it critically and he said it cruelly. I mean, Jesus is in an agony. He's in a pain. He's, he's suffering. He's dying. And this man in his anger, in his own pride, he, he rails on him. And you see the cruelty of a sinner at its height as he, as he cries out to him, not for salvation, but he cries out to him and rails upon the Son of God. Now I want to say this. What he said, he said it casually and critically and cruelly. cruelly but I'll say this. He said it costly. Because what he said to Jesus... As far as we know, that's the last thing he said to Jesus. And it cost him, friend. It cost him his soul. It cost him eternity. It cost him forever in the lake of fire. It cost him the opportunity to go to heaven. Jesus loved him and Jesus was dying for him just like he was dying for you and dying for me. And Jesus would have saved this man if he would have just trusted. This man went to Calvary and then he went to hell. I want to tell you, that'd be awful to go to Calvary and then go to hell. You saw, preacher, if I'd have been there, I'd have got saved. I may not be saved today, but if I'd have been there and saw that, I'd have got saved. No, friend, if you, if you won't get saved today, you wouldn't have got saved then. You see, my friend, when you think about it, it's awful to go to Calvary and go to hell like this man did. But it's just as bad to go to church and go to hell. If you're a church member, if you're a religious person and you come in week after week and you hear the preaching of the Word of God and you leave and go the same way and the Holy Spirit deals with your heart. He knocks on your heart's door, but you don't do anything about it. You're just as bad to go to church and go to hell as what this man is to go to Calvary and go to hell. May I say... We've all been to Calvary this morning. The Word of God has taken us back to Calvary. The Word of God has taken me and you back to this very place where this thief was at that day. And friend, if you die and go to hell, you will die and go to hell from Calvary. The very place that could have saved him is the very place that condemns him. And can I tell you, the same is true about all of us. Oh, how sad that this man, perhaps he saw Jesus Christ for the first time in this world. But he also saw him for the last time in this world. Don't let that be you. 
If the Holy Spirit comes to you, if He knocks on your heart, if He, if he draws you, if He woos you, uh, listen, and says, you need to be saved. I'm, I'm speaking to you. I'm talking to you. Listen, friend, you need to bow your head and bend your knee and you need to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You don't need to spurn the invitation. You don't need to walk away. You say, but preacher, I'm not dying. Friend, we're all dying in this walk of life. And you don't know, the Bible said in Proverbs 27 and verse number 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Hey, if you're lost, you, now's the time to accept Jesus Christ. And now's the time to turn to Him. Friend, as, as the old timer said, you need to turn or burn. Amen. Uh, you need to come now while you can, just as I am, without one plea. Christ will take you. If He'll save a thief, He'll save anybody. He'll save you just the way you are. Friend, we're all thieves outside the grace of God. I think I mentioned that last week. But just as God saved one thief that was willing, He let another thief go to hell who was willing to go to hell. What are you going to do with Jesus Christ? Are you willing because He did not repent, because He did not believe? We don't know His name. We don't know His nature. But we do know His future. We do know where He's at. He's in eternity without God. Where are you going to be? A hundred years from now, in eternity. Will it be heaven or will it be hell? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the privilege to preach the Word of God. I pray, Father, right now, Lord, if there be one person under the sound of our voice that is not saved, I pray the Holy Ghost would would deal with them, convict them, draw them to that place of repentance. God, I pray that they will... Not, we've been to Calvary today. I pray that they'll not turn away from Calvary and go to hell. What an awful place. What a wonderful place to be saved and go to heaven from. What a wonderful place to go to heaven from, but what an awful place to go to hell from. And I pray now, Lord, that you'll take this message, deal with hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen.